0: Hey, marriage after God friends. Thank you for your continued faithfulness and listening each and every week. Jennifer and I have often shared with you about how important prayer is in the life of a believer. It's so important, in fact, that we're told this in 1 Thessalonians. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It is God's will for us to pray, and we want to inspire you to begin praying for your spouse and marriage every day. This world hates marriage, and so does our enemy. Because he knows the power that your marriage is meant to have in this world. He knows that if you and your spouse are praying and chasing boldly after God together, that the impact Christ will have in and through you will be powerful. So we need to be praying more than ever before. Our heart is to encourage you along with everyone who listens to this show to be praying for your spouses and your marriages, to be strengthened, renewed, healed, prepared, and empowered to do the ministry that God has for you to do in this world together. So, Jennifer and I would love to invite you to join the thousands of other couples in taking our 31-Day Marriage Prayer Challenge. This is a completely free and fun way to build a habit of prayer in your marriage. All you have to do to join is visit marriageprayerchallenge.com and fill out the registration form. Once you do that, you will begin to receive an email every day from us during the 31 days to not only remind you to pray for your spouse, but we'll also give you various topics and prompts to help you know what to pray for. We dare your marriage to start praying like never before. Start the challenge today at marriageprayerchallenge.com. Hey, we're Aaron and Jennifer Smith with Marriage After God. Helping you cultivate
1: an extraordinary marriage.
0: And today we're gonna talk about three games you should never play with your spouse. So today we're gonna talk about three games you should never play with your spouse. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> this is a really serious topic, guys. So yeah, so um, just get, we're just get gonna to go business.
0: right into uh, uh the games because this is important. Um, what's the first game? Okay, that the first should one. Never play. You
1: should never play with your spouse. Is Catan. You know why? Settlers because of Catan. At some point, they are going to block your roads or they're not gonna trade with you, and the rejection hurts, and it's real, and it just makes you so frustrated the entire game.
0: Well, it, more importantly, um, <laughs> when one of you wins more often the, in the, than the other, it, it really hurts the morale of the marriage. Right, um, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I usually end up winning <laughs> more often than you do. Um, well, you always try and go for the longest road, and it takes yeah, you time, yeah, and then yeah. I get the cards. Anyways, or is that that, we should move do? on to number two. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. If you've ever played Catan, like we end up usually getting in a—I wouldn't say a fight.
1: Okay, we're really competitive, so we just really enjoy winning. And so uh, yes, um, sometimes our strategies don't consider the other person's emotional well-being.
0: And it's kind of embarrassing sometimes because you usually have another couple over playing. <laughs> yeah, with we're you, usually
1: playing with someone else, and
0: they're sitting back like this. Gets real quiet. It gets real quiet. Gets real qui- <laughs> That's not just like we're not the only ones. Then, I don't do that. Know. okay. Maybe well, let's. Is. Katan, I I would just avoid it at all costs. It's not worth it. I promise. What's the the next game they should never play with their spouse? The second
1: one is Phase 10. I don't know if you guys have played Phase 10 before, but... This game is evil. Oh, man. This one goes way back in our marriage. We've been married for over a decade now, and the first year when we found out about this game...
0: You know what it does? It promotes division. It, um...
1: You know why? When you
0: (laughs) skip me and I'm like I'm four phases behind and you just and you and it's just because you get
1: so mad and it's just a game.
0: It's I'm not even a threat at that point. I'm four phases behind and you just you skip me, and I'm I'm just I sit there and I think like you must hate me. We're we're not like we're you're my wife (laughs) and I love
1: you and I love to win. So, So just the point of this game is there's just no mercy. You know people just keep ending the phase no matter where and then you're stuck
0: at like so and you're not one because you're like on phase nine i'm on phase six it's not great and
1: really no amount of hinting helps because there have been so many times yeah, not the times that i skip you but the times that i'm actually behind and i hint at you like you know i kind of see your hand or something and and i i basically hint at you to leave the right card and you and then i don't no no you look at me a certain way and then you put did you on purpose so well you because you want me to
0: cheat i'm not gonna cheat okay. even okay. for my wife right.
1: so, you know what's even more frustrating don't play Face 10.
0: we've literally played this game wrong for the last 11 years <laughs> we, we, we just, just learned last week
1: we just found out we were playing it wrong
0: um i guess when you're getting runs of numbers <laughs> you don't have to have all the same color <laughs> and i thought that you did we all we both did yeah we hated this game so don't <laughs> ever play this game so either while. Um, okay, that's- let's move on to the next one. So don't play FaceTime with your, your spouse ever.
1: <laughs> the next one is just a general category of partner games. So these are games like Pictionary or Cranium or yeah. Heads Up. and
0: One where if your partner's not the greatest at drawing <laughs> pictures... Or acting out things, (laughs) or making sound effects.
1: Or understanding Or
0: drawing.
1: (laughs) And understanding, you know, how you are trying to communicate to get an answer.
0: Yeah, so usually we'll be on separate teams because... (laughs) It just um, gets
1: really frustrating really fast. (laughs) (sighs) Okay.
0: So, in all reality, I hope this has been funny. Of course we're not telling you to really not play these games with your spouse. We actually uh, love... Playing games.
1: Catan or Catan, depending on where you're from in the country. <laughs> yeah, no Midwest. Um, or... That is one of our favorite games. Catan, and if
0: you're in the South.
1: <laughs> we do love to play that game. And we love to play all of these games that we're going to show you because we really have found that um, it's important to cultivate... Um, just that environment of playfulness in your marriage.
0: Uh, it's that whole brotherly love aspect. I know that doesn't sound very feminine in your marriage, but <laughs> the idea is that there's a camaraderie, a, mm-hmm. a friendship in our marriage and uh, playing games. Even in our hardest times, we still played games. Our fights during those games were worse. Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: Um, worse. We, we definitely gotten, took things more
1: personal. We've
0: gotten tamer. <laughs> Timish, I should say, over the years. <laughs> Here's uh, the
1: great thing. When you play together and it's just, you know, a, a lighthearted game, you actually are, are learning communication with one another. You're spending quality time with yeah. each other.
0: And you know what? More often than not, I actually don't think we play games by ourselves. We're always with another couple. Yeah. And it's which it's a it it's a great opportunity. Instead of just sitting and watching a movie with some friends or just having a meal, we actually get to play a game with our friends. Yeah. And then we get to see how they interact too. Yeah. it's usually really funny. Yeah.
1: And if you don't want to fight throughout the game, you can always flirt with each other. Which which is cute. Which happens sometimes. Uh, no, I
0: don't know. We should try that next time. We should try that next we'll time. We'll surprise most of our friends and be like, who are you guys again? <laughs> um, so we just wanted to encourage you guys that this is not what today's topic is about necessarily, uh, but we wanted to encourage you guys to be playing, be playful, be friends with your spouse and build that friendship, build, yeah. build that camaraderie, that brotherly love amongst yeah. um, you and your spouse.
1: Because I will say like if, if you have been married for any amount of time sometimes you get stuck in like this routine of just you know your part he knows his part and you guys are just doing it and you
0: work home it's all business
1: and work and um we just we just want to be an encouragement and a challenge to you today to make sure that you are having fun in your marriage and that you're spending quality time through playing games
0: and laughing with each other yeah laughing getting competitive sometimes yeah healthy healthy competition in a healthy way We sometimes, we need to work on that. I'll just say that.
1: <laughs> Fierce Marriage had a really good quote that I love, and it said, more playing, less arguing. Oh,
0: that's good. Yeah, that's one. really good. So next time you get in a fight, say, we're getting, we're pulling out the phase 10. <laughs> we're going to set a list like adults.
1: Okay, really quick, just li- list off some of your favorite games that you like to play.
0: Uh, Catan, Dominion, Blockus, uh, phase 10. Oh, I love, uh, we like card games a lot. Rummy, Hearts, Spades. Spades any game that I could sit and think about if it's a fast game like Nerds or something like Dutch that splits. I just want to throw everything off the table so I don't play those games I
1: think I, I mean I like them I think more girls like those kind of fast paced games yeah and not me Monopoly Deal is a really good one.
0: Oh, Monopoly Deal oh what was that um, Sushi Sushi Sushi's Sushi's really is another fun. card game that's a fun one um, so, anyways. Oh, real quick,
1: also, Bible trivia, which you can find pretty much at any Goodwill. We found three of these bad boys at our local Goodwill.
0: We realized um, <laughs> how little we know about the Bible. Um, okay, hold
1: on. First, list, yeah, we, is, we, we, <laughs> we opened it up and we got so excited about it. We had the kids in the car and we start reading through cards. She just
0: pulls cards down. She's like, What? And we're like
1: answering them left and right and we're like, This is actually kind We're like, Dang, easy. we know the Bible. Yeah, maybe it's because this really old version, like the Bible's changed or something. <laughs> <laughs> but then we quickly realized that we were reading the kids' versions of the we were, cards. Yeah,
0: we were reading all the children's questions, and the um, adult ones were
1: pretty challenging.
0: I don't think we got any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I was asking like the third king of Israel's name was, or like,
1: <laughs> okay, so um, in all reality, we Which just was Solomon, by the way. <laughs> think you, Ryan. We want to encourage you guys to be playing games with, with each other. We're going to list some games in the um, show notes just so that you guys can check them out if you don't have them already. Um, a lot of the games that we'll list are also great to play with your family, um, just if you have uh, kids that are able to play. And if yep. you're the type of couple that you're sitting there watching this and you're going, we don't play games, we'll never play games, there's hope for you because we had friends that – absolutely hated games. Every time we encouraged them or invited them over to play a game, they declined, Um, but they found one that they really liked called Heads Up, and they got a bunch of people to play it, so there's hope for you.
0: So you just gotta find the right game. Keep trying, keep trying, yeah. (laughs) So let's get into the actual topic, the three games that you should actually never play with your spouse, Um, and it took us a little bit to write these down, we wanted to get the right terms, we wanted to get the right words, Um, but these are actual games you should never play. In your marriage with your spouse, they're damaging. They br- they they break oneness. They are destructive, um, and they're to be honest, they're wicked in nature. Mm-hmm. Just because it comes out of walking in the flesh mm-hmm. and not walking in the spirit. Mm-hmm. So let's actually get into the three games that we shouldn't talk about. The first one is the silent treatment game, or cold shoulder, or cold shoulder. This is a game that we should never play and we were actually experts at it um, early on in our marriage and still get tempted with it. Definitely. In, in little you know sp- spats and disagreements we have it is easy to get to a I don't like where this is going. I don't like what I'm hearing. I'm just yeah. going
1: to shut off. And boom,
0: I'm I'm off. Good luck, dude on yeah, your own. Yeah. Um you you've struggled with it a lot more than I have, mm. but I I get there even too. I get to this point where I'm like I don't know what to do and I'm like, "Well, I want you to feel it, and I'm gonna be like, okay, bye. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna walk away from the conversation, which is super disrespectful uh, and super rude, but we've done it, haven't we? We've, we have, yeah. You know, do you feel like the silent treatment has ever solved the, the issue at hand the no. way you wanted it to?
1: No, it definitely hasn't. And I think the reason why. My heart is prone to that shutting off is because I get flustered. You know, sometimes when we're in an argument, I can't mm-hmm. think fast enough. I can't remember what happened or I can't remember what was said or, um, you it's know, it's usually
0: wrapped up in emotions and definitely feelings so, and I'm just like, so
1: overwhelmed. Yeah. That it's almost like everything's just turned up inside and I can't, I can't deal with it right now. And so I just want to shut that off. And mm-hmm. sometimes there, there is an appropriate time where if an argument's happening that you need like a cool down. Mm-hmm. But this is different. What we're talking about is like you're just you're not even giving them the courtesy of saying, I'm not even going to finish this right now. you like you're literally just cutting yeah. off, walking away. Um, I found myself that I have um, because of access to the, the iPhone, um, I'll, I'll just start looking at my phone you've actually done this too you just start scrolling or like
0: I'm out I'm checking out
1: and, I, yeah, and <laughs> I'm gonna
0: do something else now
1: either one of us will be like uh, are we done here <laughs> you know so and I it's think-
0: a it's a way of controlling like you, you feel like you're losing control yeah you feel like you're losing yeah and you're like oh I'm gonna pull my mm-hmm. silent treatment card
1: At the same time, it's also this way of escape. Like You just want to escape this awful moment that you're dealing with, with the person that you do love, and you just want to get out of there. You just don't want to be there. So
0: let's uh, just read some scriptures on this, because we want to have the the Bible's mind on how we should be. I couldn't find scriptures on directly speaking into silent treatment. Like, don't... don't have silent treatment you know games with your spouse i didn't but find there any scriptures are plenty on
1: that. of scriptures that talk about yeah. showing each other love and respect mutual and-
0: respect and so uh let's look at um in james 1 verse 19 it says know this my beloved brothers let every person be quick to hear slow to speak and slow to anger for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of god so this is the first one that I, I wanted to pull out for this idea of how we should be interacting in our marriage, not just during disagreements, but all the time. Mm-hmm. But what happens, the, the silent treatment, that always is going to, that cold shoulder, that I'm going to shut down comes from not wanting to listen, mm-hmm. right? And the Bible tells us to be quick to listen, yeah, not quick to shut down and just right. stop talking, right. but quick to listen mm-hmm. and slow to speak. So I know this kind of might give you know, grounds for like, well, then I should, I should be silent, No, this is a posture toward the conversation, not a posture away Mm -hmm. from the conversation. This is a, I'm going to yield my spirit and my oneness to my spouse, and I'm going to be slow to speak, and I'm going to be quick to listen, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be slow to anger.
1: I was going to say that second part, too. the the silent treatment, Mm -hmm. I'm mad. I'm done. Yeah. You're motivated by, yeah. Your, by your anger.
0: Where the first portion of that verse, the slow to speak and the quick to listen, is motivated by love. Mm-hmm. Of saying, like, I want to reconcile in this situation, mm-hmm. not just win. Right. Um, which I have a hard time with, and I may not do the silent room, but I do other things in our arguments mm-hmm. to win mm-hmm. instead of um, have reconciliation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just thinking through this, that are you being slow to speak, slow to be angry, and quick to listen, rather than shutting down i'm going to use my silent treatment to control my spouse i don't like what they're doing therefore i'm going to shut down and i know they're going to feel it because there's nothing more disrespectful than just you're in the middle of something and boom i'm, I'm off i'm not listening i'm done i'm out of here and you used to even like leave the room slam the door oh, yeah yeah <laughs>
1: but after you kind of reprimanded me about that and letting me know how bad it hurt you i did stop right. doing that
0: and it, it it isn't sometimes until we actually say it out loud that you're like, whoa, I didn't even realize I was doing it. Yeah. But recognize that if you're doing that, if you're shutting down in an argument or in a conversation or in a discussion that feels heated or you're not getting your way, mm-hmm. recognize you're probably not walking in the spirit. You're probably uh, operating out of anger, mm-hmm. being quick to anger instead of slow to anger. And are you being quick to listen rather than quick to speak? Yeah. I'm usually quick to speak and slow to listen. And I'm usually quick, I usually do the opposite of what James 1.9 says. Um, I think, too, depending yeah. on your
1: personality, you can make this silent treatment or cold shoulder a very dramatic thing. Um, some people do that, like how you said, I, I would slam a door, you know? Because yeah, you, wanted, to see, you wanted me
0: to see how angry you were. And
1: I wanted you to know that I'm checking out. Um, but I think that other people, you know, for other people, it mm. could be a really subtle thing that mm. they just kind of do it quickly but subtly.
0: Yeah, the subtle ones could be even more devastating sometimes because I'm like, wait a minute, the where are know, you at? Yeah, yeah. and it's intentional to leave them obfusc- guessing. Obfuscation yeah. of the of what's yeah. happening. Yeah. So the, the second verse I want to bring up um, about this is Ephesians 4:32. He says this: it "says Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you." So that just is on top of the being slow to speak, slow to anger, and quick to listen. Mm-hmm. Is are we being Kind to one another, or being tender-hearted.
1: I love that word and phrase, tender-hearted, because I think it gives really good imagery for how our hearts are supposed to be in relation to our spouse. Would Um, you say
0: doing the silent treatment is tender-hearted? Absolutely not. Or cold-hearted,
1: stone cold. It's hard. It's very hard, and it's
0: closing. Yeah. Versus opening.
1: And for those listening, like, you can feel that. Like, you guys know exactly what we're talking about, this difference between having a stone heart and a tender heart. A Mm. tender heart is there to listen, Mm. to understand, to um, have a posture Mm. um, that cultivates reconciliation, which is really important.
0: So that's the first game you should never play with your spouse and there's two more. There's plenty of other games I would imagine but there's two more that we want to talk about. The next game we want to talk about is the retaliation game.
1: Which I've played this one very often which I'm not proud of. I didn't. didn't, There's a lot of times I didn't even realize I was doing it but that that notion of like you hurt me therefore I'm going to hurt you. Yeah, tit for
0: tat. um, I want you to feel the way you made me feel. Mm -hmm. I want you to to um, experience what you made me experience, I want you to understand what I had to d- 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 deal with and so it's it's a it's vengeful
1: it's very vengeful yeah
0: it's uh retaliation it's I'm going to get you back mm-hmm. um, and you know what we do this with our sin uh, there was times when um, because of where we were sexually in our in our intimacy life in our marriage, I would vengefully go partake in pornography Mm. because I was angry at you because you shut me down once again, because I felt like you didn't try once again. And I, I gave myself an excuse to break God's heart and break the law and, and break oneness in our marriage because I thought that I was allowed to do that because you did something. I thought you did something to me. And so I would go vengefully dip into sin
1: As you're talking, I I can totally relate to this. And I know we've shared with them a little bit about your pornography addiction and how I've wrestled with food. And as you're talking about this, I'm thinking, I've totally done this with food where um, I'm emotionally just frustrated or angry Mm. because of something you said or did or how how you're being or whatever the issue is in our our relationship. If you found out that
0: I messed up in pornography again. Whatever.
1: (laughs) um, I would leave to go get something that would make me feel good you know, a treat, yeah, you'd, a special you'd drink. Go, yeah. yeah. So I've totally you'd, done this. You'd go
0: voice. fulfill your own fleshly desires yeah. it, with food. Yeah. And you justified it because of what I did. Yeah. Which was a very vengeful, like, oh, you know what? He can't say nothing to me because yeah. he's doing this. I'm going to go, I'm going to go do this.
1: Yeah. Which is really dangerous. I well, because
0: first of all, nothing anyone does gives us permission to sin. Mm-mm like that's what we have to remember there's just just talking on the, the the revenge side of like me going to sin because of what my wife did I'm not going to be able to stand before my father in heaven one day mm-hmm. and be like well Jennifer and he's going to be like well Jennifer what yeah <laughs> like you made that choice that's like in the Garden of Eden when um, Eve ate of the fruit and God comes and he's like what'd you do and he's like she's like well uh, he he actually goes to Adam what'd you do and he's like that woman you gave me did you know cause me to do this and he goes to Eve and she, he, she's like that serpent tricked me. Everyone keeps passing the blame, the blame of like what they did. <laughs> yeah. uh, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. God actually disciplined all of them mm-hmm. for their own actions, not for the actions of others. And so nothing my wife does gives permission to me to go sin.
1: You actually said something a while ago um, just in terms of your obedience is not dependent on someone else's actions. Mm-hmm. And that really stuck with me because it, it's exactly what you're saying where just because somebody does something yeah. to me or, or you do something yeah. to me doesn't give me the right to be disobedient to yep. God. Like that's that's our my relationship mm-hmm. with him.
0: Well, let's take this to a more sensitive level um, that we haven't been sensitive already. But... Um, you know, oh, I feel like you're not respecting me as you should, that you're not honoring me as the Bible has told you to. So therefore, I'm going to not love you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to give you the love that the Bible's commanded me to give you, to love you as Christ loves the church, giving himself up for her, washing her with the water by the word, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not do I'm not going to do that because you're not you're not upholding your end of the bargain. So therefore, I'm not going to I'm not going to give you any you or which happens more commonly, I'm I'm, you feel like I'm not loving you well, as you deserve, as the Bible tells me. So you don't honor me. Mm. You don't respect me. Yeah. You don't submit to me. You don't do the things that the Bible's called you to do because you think, I don't deserve it. So essentially, like we talked about before, you're walking in sin. I'm walking in sin because of what my partner is doing, what my wife is doing, what your your husband's doing. And that doesn't give us a right. Mm-mm. To retaliate. Mm -mm. And so the Bible actually speaks into this in many different aspects this idea of retaliation. Um, You know, it says to not um, seek out revenge because the Lord is the one that does that. Mm. Um, But um, interpersonally, we can look at this in Romans chapter 12, verse 16 through 18 says this Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable. In the sight of all, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So these scriptures that I've been reading, they they apply to the global church, like all of us in the body of Christ. But how much more do they apply within the marriage? Yeah. So we do everything we can to live at peace, everything that's in our power. And so, if it's in our power to not retaliate, that's something that we could be doing. Mm -hmm. And then on the other hand, it says to not repay evil for evil. So let's say I'm being evil, as in I'm not walking in the commands of the Lord. I'm not submitting to the word of God by loving you and cherishing you as the word commands me to. It doesn't, in Ephesians 5, it doesn't say, if your wife does X, right. Y, Z, then you must do X, Y, Z. No, it says you or do Or vice it. versa. Yeah. It says, wives, submit to your husbands. And that's just your Husbands, that's what love your wives. Mm-hmm. They're irregardless of what the other person does. Now, it's the best when they're walking in unity in that, in obedience in the scripture. Mm -hmm. But it's not always the case. Mm -hmm. Especially, you know, we've we've walked in disobedience on many occasions. Almost daily sometimes we have to like remind ourselves of what the Bible says. But we don't repay evil for evil. So you're not honoring me. You're not submitting to me. You're not respecting me. I don't get a right to say, well, until you do that, I'm not going to love you as Christ loves the church.
1: In fact, how much more powerful (laughs) if I am being that way and you still choose to cherish me and honor me and love me, it's going to be really hard for me to continue that
0: I promise you, perspective. Any, <laughs> any husband who loves their wife as Christ loves the church, giving himself up for her, that means his passions, his desires, his hobbies, for the sake of her well-being, her spirituality, her um, emotional security, her spiritual security, it, it would be very hard.
1: It's kind of like when Very you're... hard
0: for a woman to remain in that state right. with a husband doing that.
1: I just got this um, picture of a garden, right? And soil has to have certain pH and uh, certain nutrients in order for mm. plants to grow. Yeah. And it's the job of the gardener to tend to that and to make mm. sure that it's not a toxic environment that's gonna kill off the plants, right? But I think so easily we um, can can tend our marriage garden and destroy the yeah. atmosphere. We pe- keep poisoning each, poisoning each other. And poisoning each other, right? Of Instead of bringing
0: in nutrients and water exactly. and healthy soil and yeah. no, that's a good analogy yeah. um, so that's a game you should never play. just if you're in that, that cycle of retaliation like I'm going to do this because they did that I'm going to walk in that because they're walking in that you're just going to kill your marriage
1: hmm and just know that this um, retaliation is a perspective thing; it's a mind thing. Mm-hmm. So when you start to think those those ways of, well, he hurt me, and I I want him to hurt just as bad, or vice versa, mm-hmm. um, you you need to stop yourself and transform your mind through the word. So you need to yeah. get out this verse. You need to get out other verses that mm-hmm. will help transform meditate your mind on them. and meditate on Repeat them. Repeat them over
0: and over again. Put them on a three by
1: five card. Put them on your mirror in your bathroom. Put them on your dashboard so that you can walk in the spirit and not in your own flesh and the wrong perspective of retaliation
0: yeah i promise you and i know you're you're feeling like well how can i just start doing that because they are so this way well first of all the bible tells us how to be and i promise you being the way the bible tells you to be is a safer environment is a healthier environment for your marriage to be in, even if only one of you one of you is doing it. Mm-hmm. This is the, doing what the Bible says is the way that we see transformation in mm-hmm. our marriages, in our lives. Uh, and begin to pray. Pray for your spouse that they would walk in that. That's what it tells us. It says pray for our enemies. <laughs> yeah. And, you know?
1: and, and the word of God it's living and it's active so the more that we're in it the more that we're reading yeah. it and meditating on it, it it really does transform us like it's not stagnant yeah. in our life it moves it be transformed
0: by the renewing of our minds mm-hmm. and the way we renew our minds is we let the word of God do it mm-hmm. we wash ourselves in it yeah. and the husbands are supposed to wash their wives in it yeah. in the word of God yeah. so let's move on to the last game that you should never play with your spouse
1: Okay, the last one is word game. So it's using your words to um, make your spouse feel a certain way, mm-hmm. to twist a certain situation for your favor, yeah. to um, you know, say things like, um, I don't like how you said that, or I don't like what you said. So all those different little
0: yeah using ways. our words to control manipulate mm-hmm. to to in, incite yeah. in your spouse a certain thing um you, you know the the one that comes out often is like you're being just like you're
1: oh yeah or oh, stop acting like yeah and
0: like those things that we like we know whether they're, they're true
1: they're like triggers or like buttons that we know they're intentionally they're so to
0: intentional. hurt yeah. they're like fiery darts that the enemy uses, you know, the the enemy uses fiery darts Mm -hmm. to to get us, but like Mm -hmm. our words Um, in James, it talks about our tongue being a tiny little thing, Mm -hmm. but it sets our whole body on fire. It sets everything on fire. It's destructive in its nature. If we use our words that way. So the scripture I want to bring up that helps illustrate this idea um, pretty powerfully is Proverbs 18 verse 21. It says death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. And so what this is saying is like that our tongue can do both life and death in how we speak into someone. And you guys know this. Whether you're a husband or a wife, um, you know that you can actually very quickly destroy your spouse.
1: Some of you may have even experienced where you say that thing where in your mind right before you're about to say it, you think I probably shouldn't say this right now, but you say it anyways because you're motivated by anger and you see the countenance on your spouse just change.
0: Disappear. They go white. They Drop. you 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 know. Um, imme- I've done this. I've immediately seen you you be crushed mm-hmm. under the weight of my words, mm-hmm. and that's how powerful they are. Mm-hmm. And so, are if you're playing games with your words, and t- to be honest, we get man, we get emails all the time of, of wives saying that they're being um, um you know, emotionally abused, mm-hmm. and often the emotional abuse comes in the form of words. Mm-hmm. You know, am I am I using my words to bring life? or to bring death and we call it a game but it's a it's a dangerous game you know we think that we could just say what we want and then just ask for forgiveness and it's not going to have a lasting effect but that's not true because it tells us that the word of god goes out and does not come back void the word of god is powerful it's a written testimony of god inspired by god himself by his spirit and the power that this thing contains is literally life And our own words, because we're made in his likeness, have power as well. And I'm not talking about the kind of power that you name it, claim it, and grab it out of the sky type Mm. power. I'm talking about in my wife's life and in other people's lives, my words could literally build her up into a woman of God, or they could tear her down into a pile of dust.
1: Which I, and probably you listening, have experienced maybe both. Where there have been times where you've said things that, like you said, have totally crushed me. And I've seen um, it.
0: I immediately try and like backpedal and grab all the words that came out of my mouth that I can't.
1: You can't, yeah. And then there's other times where one simple encouragement or thank you or appreciation makes me just the most. It makes cherished you feel like wife. you're flying. Yeah, I'm just happy and joyful.
0: And it's and here's the the power behind words is the Bible tells us that out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks what's in our hearts comes out of our mouths.
1: And I think that's why it's so hard for when you say, I was you know, trying to backpedal or take those words back. I feel like one of the reasons why you can't is because your spouse knows that somewhere in your heart... I meant it. You meant it.
0: And that's true. We don't just say things. I don't just walk around the house and um, call my kids names. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Mm-hmm. That's not anywhere in my heart. So if that ever comes out, that means there's somewhere in my heart I think that. Yeah. So... If you're not having control of your words, there is no justification for just letting things come out of your mouth and having zero control of your words mm-hmm. and controlling your tongue,
1: yeah, growing up um you know, in my childhood, I remember people saying hurtful things, and then it being justified as oh so and so didn't mean no. it," or um they just were just playing, playing yeah. but it still hurts
0: and it and it hurts deep, yeah uh, because we we live by words mm-hmm. uh so this, ga- this last game, the word game, playing these these games with your spouse, um, it's death in your home. And we just, these are three games that you should never play.
1: And here's the thing is they're, they're a choice. Mm-hmm. You don't have to walk around thinking, well, that's just who I am or mm-hmm. um, that's just the way I operate or that's just my response because of the situation I've been given in my marriage. No, you have a choice to walk out your part in what God says mm-hmm. throughout his word about who you are and what your responsibility is.
0: Yeah, so we thank you for joining us today. I pray that you would take these games, not the first games we talked about, but these <laughs> these bad games, these wicked games, and that you would evaluate your life and see if, if you're playing any of these. And if you are, repent of it today. Just ask the Lord, say, Lord, change me today. I don't wanna walk in this anymore. I promise you, if, you, if you're if you one that usually uses wor- use words or you retaliate or you play the silent treatment, and you stop doing that and you do the opposite, your spouse will notice it right away. And if you're watching this together, you guys should have a talk about this. I was
1: going to say, even if they're not watching this with, with each other, maybe you can share this with your spouse and have a conversation about it. Ask them, do I do any one of these three things that hurt you and mm-hmm. help help um, bring the realization and the reality to yeah. your relationship so and let the word it. of it.
0: And let the word of God transform those areas of your life. Mm-hmm. We never want to come off and pretend that we've figured it all out. But we recognize these things, and we ask, ask God daily and sometimes moment by moment, for Him to transform these areas of our lives, mm-hmm. so that we don 't pass these these ways of being onto our children, so that we don't walk in them ourselves because yeah. we want to please our Father in heaven. Right. We want to walk the way the Word calls us to walk
1: and I will share that in our own experience in our own marriage, um, over time. The biggest thing that has helped us um, be free of, of walking this way, this evil way, is um, sharing how it hurts us and calling it out, calling mm-hmm. it for what it is. Calling yeah. it manipulation, calling it, um, you know, the cold shoulder or the slamming of the door and saying, yeah. I don't like that. So communicating exactly what the boundaries are and, yeah. um, and how it hurts you. And like Aaron said, just repenting of it and saying, I'm not going to choose to do that anymore.
0: Yeah. Thanks for being with us today. I hope these encouraged you. I hope this gives you a lot of conversation in your marriage. I'll right, see you next week. Did you enjoy today's show? If you did, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Also, if you're interested, you can find many more encouraging stories and resources at marriageaftergod.com and let us help you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. We're looking for people who have been blessed by this free podcast and our free daily marriage prayer emails and who want to help be a blessing to others. Creating and hosting this podcast and sending out our daily emails do incur a financial cost. And we want to invite you to join our faithful patron team to help financially support these resources so that they can remain free for all who need them. Please join our patron team today and become one of the faithful financial supporters who desires to help bless thousands of marriages around the world. Your support will help us pay for the creation, hosting, and promotion of our podcast and daily emails. Thank you, and we hope to see you become a Marriage After God patron.